Welcome to another episode of Disciplology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Chris and Mary, it's good to see you guys. We have a special guest with us today. Ben Trueblood is joining us uh, from Lifeway. Uh, also, what I love about Ben is that he is a barbecuer, much like myself. And, and Chris, you just got a new grill as well. Yes. I am excited for you to be here and to share with us a little bit about personal discipleship and what makes discipleship good. So to start off, learning how to study scripture is something we all need to do. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how we might start to study. Like, is it just an open the Bible and start reading? What, what should we do? Yeah, super excited to be here with you guys. Uh, so start, yeah, there is kind of this element of just open it and start, right? Uh, in order to study scripture for yourself, you've just you got to do it. Uh, I'm a planned kind of person, though. And so anything that for me that doesn't have a plan, I stop. Sure. And so that like spiritual things fall into that category for me personally, too. If, I, if there's not a plan to it, I just I'm going to quit. And a lot of years in student ministry have shown me that that's pretty true for teenagers as well. And so being that that's the group that I specifically work with most often, if they don't have a plan, then they're going to quit. And so it's a muscle that needs to be used and flexed and worked out in order to, for you to be able to learn how to do that. And I think, man, I'm pro plan in that. Pro plan. Yeah. Where's the line when it comes to making it a checkbox? Yeah. Like I have a plan, I'm reading through you version or some type of a reading plan and I just have to get it done. And it's a checkbox. The line between that and I actually want to read the, the scripture. How do you kind of get through that. Yeah. It's an interesting question because I think there are actually positive things about checking a box. Uh, like we would say that, that about personal health kind of things, right? Like there's just some things if you don't. Good thing you showered today. Good thing you put on deodorant, yes. brush your teeth. Sure. <laughs> and those sure. things basics, like yeah. right. all roll up to, I am living a healthy life. And so I do think there is an element to, man, there's sometimes when I don't feel like this, but the discipline of doing it anyway is something that needs to be built into our lives. However, doing it to check the box versus doing it to know God, love him more, experience his love for us in a greater way. Like, I think that's where the check box thing becomes unhealthy. Mm. I would hope that as a person, begins their journey with scripture, that it could move from, this is something I know I'm supposed to do as a believer. This is something I know is good for me. This is something I know is a benefit to my life, that as they do that, the experience moves through the interaction of the Holy Spirit in our lives to, oh, now this is something that I love to do. This is something that I not have to do, but must do. Mm. That's certainly something as a parent that I want to see in, in my kids. Yeah. We certainly aren't raising students yet, uh, but we hope that one day they will be faithful students. So what encouragement would you give to parents who say, I want this to be true of my kids. I don't want to, uh, you know, make them fill out a chore chart that they've read. I want mm. them to love scripture uh, as the primary discipler in their home. How would you encourage them to walk a student through that? Yeah. Uh, so I have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. Uh, I learned really quickly that pastoring teenagers is way different than parenting them. Uh, so 
maybe my maybe my advice here or encouragement would be a little different now that I have teenagers than it was as a student pastor. I uh, I think you've got to do it yourself as a parent. I think it's good for kids to catch us doing those things, reading our Bibles, having casual conversations about Scripture that aren't like Jesus jukey and really weird. The contrived conversations are never <laughs> yeah. healthy, I don't sure. think. Just in normal life, let that be a piece of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ask my kids every day, like, do you read your Bible today? Uh, in fact, I don't, it's not even a weekly practice for me. Um, my hope is that it's something that is kind of in the fabric of who we yeah. are. Um, and we have conversations in the car sometimes again, like, I don't want to oversell this. Like my encouragement is every time you have opportunity, you must do this. Uh, that's not the way it is in our home. We do have spiritual conversations and they are a part of our life, but man, for a student to dive into those things on their own, it kind of has to be their own decision. Yeah. And so I've really erred on the side of, I'm going to be involved in this for me. And I'm going to have conversations and I'm going to encourage you to along the way, but this has to be your faith if it's something that's really going to take root. So that's, that's how we approach it. Yeah. I love that. I think often in the camp space or, you know, as you talk to people who are in college, they'll say, I came to the Lord at eight, nine, 10, but I didn't really follow Jesus until college, until Mm youth ministry. And so I do think that is the answer is that we help them develop that faith on their own and model it, model it well for them. I mean, our kids now, uh, if we don't do family devotional now, I do think they use it as an opportunity to expand (laughs) to bedtime where they're like, we haven't read the Bible yet (laughs) and you can't say no. Uh, But we hope that that becomes a practice for them that far outlives us sitting down with them and reading it. Yeah. And it's, you know, providing resources and, Hey, here's a devotional book or here's something that our church does a really good job of a yearly Bible study, Bible reading plan. That's the same for parents as it is for kids and students in our Mm -hmm. church. And so they provide some things that make it an easy connection for conversation. Uh, But yeah, providing resources. And like we talked about it right off the top, like the plan they need, mm-hmm. but if they need me to constantly be in their ear about it, it's never going to be their faith. Sure. So the levels of biblical learning is my favorite thing that we do at Lifeway. It's a, it's a guide for cognitive understanding of scripture, right? Yeah. Uh, y'all recently have just adjusted the levels of biblical learning to include students. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that and why that decision was made. Yeah. So it provides a really easy framework of statements about God, about who they are because of God, about uh, how they interact in the world, mission, identity. Um, And it just provides these statements so that a student ministry, one, a student pastor could say to parents, here are the things we're working on as a student ministry. So if you have your student involved in our ministry you can expect, and there's you know some outward accountability there, which I think is good. You can expect them to learn these things throughout their time in middle school and high school. So I think that's a huge plus. And it gives the student pastor a track to run on too. So where they're not thinking, 
okay, I've got stuff I need to figure out to teach in the next six weeks. What am I going to do this time? Right. No, it's, it's laid out for you and it's memorable things that students are going to be able to file away in their brains and take with them forever. Uh, I saw you teach uh, not too long ago and you gave an yeah. illustration of uh, putting together a puzzle and, and the strategy for putting together a puzzle is the same always and forever of start with the edges. Yeah. Uh, I need you to know that we did a puzzle maybe a month ago <laughs> and I refused. I, we did not do we the border first. We are starting first. with it, the it, center. Yeah, it was horrible. It was the worst puzzle experience I've ever been a part of. So all that to say, uh, why is it like you're, you're providing a framework, yeah. right? And so in the illustration then is uh, providing a, a structure for study. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it then people become frustrated with studying scripture? Is it because they're starting with the middle and, and they don't have a theology to build upon? I think it can be. So like that illustration is uh, specifically, we can talk about it for any of us, right? We all have different pieces of our lives and if the frame of our life is not God, then the frame will become something else. And sometimes that even may be something that is good, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if I set up the frame of my life as my marriage, well, then I'm going to behave and act a certain way that does that. But for that to really be something that is maximized, I should be living in that according to my view and experience with God first. Right. So even something good can jump in there and overtake the frame. But if we start with God in our lives, who he is, what he's done for us, how he loves us, how we love him, how we obey him, then everything in our life has a, has a place to connect to. And I think that flows down into a framework for study that if we can take all of these things in scripture and all of these different study topics, and we can just grab pieces and put it together. But it's going to be like the experience of building a puzzle from the middle. Sure, you're going to have some of it that begins to take shape, but you're not going to have a clear picture to work from. And so as a leader now, Yes, we can have successful one-off things that kind of look together, but if you stand back and look at the total plan of where you're going, there's really no direction at all. It's a meandering path, which we would say for discipleship and leading people somewhere, a meandering path isn't really the most strategic place to go. We, right. we want to say, this is where we're aiming in discipleship, and these are the things that attach to that for us in order to get there. So if we were to get super practical, somebody's listening to this and saying, okay, where do I start? Yeah. I mean, this, this is great framework, but I need to get into studying. I need to get into a regular rhythm of reading, what, whether it's a student or an adult or a parent who's leading a kid, where would you say start here? Yeah. Well, and this is one of the great things about Andrew, which you mentioned with levels of biblical learning. So that, that is a great starting place because it says here's the path, here's where you're going to end up, and these are all the pieces, and you just, just kind of start, you just start following the plan. So I think in terms of if we're thinking leadership-wise in curriculum and charting the course for a church, then that's a great place to start, and there are other, there are other th- study plans and things like that. Personally, uh, where to start is like I, if a teenager was saying, hey, where do I start? You know, the common thing is start in the book of John, right? right, right. But uh, I think that if you can have a starting place for personal study, 
that links up with where you're going in church, then that's like the best of both worlds because the people come and they say, okay, I'm starting to get this. Like, where do I start? Well, if this is where we're going strategically in our church, and this is where we want people to be, then we can say, well, here's the on-ramp for you personally to be involved more, dive deeper into what we're doing in groups, whether that group be on a Tuesday night in a living room or a Sunday morning in a church context. Makes sense. I would imagine if you went to your pastor as a student and said, hey, where are we going for the next two months? Because I want to do some personal study that the pastor would be thrilled with that. Absolutely. Do you find that a lot of student pastors try to lock up with where the church is going, where the senior pastor is, or is that a, do they tend to run on two different tracks? Um, Definitely depends on the context and the leadership at the church. I think there are some, uh, my home church here as an example, that is pretty aligned in what's, what's being studied. I think most often they're going different directions. Yeah. The kid, it, even it trickles like the adult ministry would be going a different direction. The kids ministry would be going a different direction and students as well. And everybody just kind of picks what they feel works best for that specific age group uh, is most often what I think happens. Yeah. And that's exactly why I love the levels of biblical learning is that you can be aligned, at least by topic, right? Mm -hmm. And cognitive ability of understanding for every age level. So I know Bible studies for life goes from babies all the way up to senior adults. And so getting an entire church on something like Bible studies for life would be really beneficial, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And anytime there's a plan, it brings with it. hopefully a desire to stick with the plan. Yes. Yes. Even so there, there are, uh, I'm guilty of this as a student pastor too. Um, when I was in that role, sometimes we go after the shiny new thing. Mm -hmm. And even if the plan is faulty, it's better to stick with a plan than to constantly be changing in and out of different resources, studies, curriculum, because here's what happens, especially in like my area of student ministry. And I would assume the same thing is true in others, but I'll speak for, for me. It is really difficult and takes a lot of time and energy to train a group of people to, to be ready to teach through something. Like if they're really going to fulfill the, the role of student ministry volunteer leader, that takes a lot of prep and energy pouring into them and introducing them to the resource that you're going to use, the plan you're going to use. Let's say it's levels of biblical learning. Like we want them to know the statements that are going to be used, right? Well, if you do that for six months and then you're like, oh, I want to try something else, right. then you've lost and wasted all of that leadership energy that you put in at the beginning and you're going to have to redo that for whatever you do next. And it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me that we, that we make those decisions and waste that time because you you don't, you've got a plan for a reason, right? If you jump out of the plan early, you're never going to, you're never going to see the fruit of what that, what that plan could be Mm. a baseball guy. The reason you have a farm system is not for immediate 
advantage. It's not for immediate, like we're going to have this guy that's in single A and he's immediately going to, no, it's a development program that's meant to sustain your team for a long time and have a pipeline of people. It's the same thing here. You want to stay in the plan and in the strategy so that you have a long development of people along the same path. I think that's true for individual development as well. I think yeah. about my sweet friends who do chronological studies for the first time and they quit in Leviticus every time. It's always mm-hmm. Leviticus. Every time. Uh, and you're like, right. if you'll just stick with it, like all of this is going to matter yeah. later, but you do have to get through the first part of the plan to make it worth continuing. Yeah. You're like, Joshua's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> just, hang, just hang in there. Yeah. I'm just thankful you didn't bring up 2011 when you talked about baseball. Well, uh, I wasn't going nope, to. I know, but I, it hurts. I wanted to affirm right. <laughs> what Ben was talking about, about specifically the Cardinals farm system. That's right. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is the best. Go Rangers. <laughs> yep. Uh, ben, thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Where, where can our listeners find out more about you, more about your podcast that you do? Yeah. So uh, I'm on social stuff at Ben Trueblood. That's where it is everywhere. We do the student ministry podcast by Lifeway. Uh, and then student ministry that matters on YouTube is all of our stuff. All of the stuff. Thanks for being here. Glad to. Thank you for watching and listening, and we will see you next week.